When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's fun as always. Oh, gosh dang it, yes. A lot to get to today. Um, first of all, warning to uh, our black friends, don't go to Florida. Not safe. Yeah, that's what we've heard, yeah. So yeah, Ron DeSantis had his formal announcement that he was running for president. Uh, it was on Twitter Spaces. There were some glitches. It started about, what, 20 minutes late, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the at, at least according to the people involved, it, the Twitter, the uh, servers were overloaded with the number of people trying to get in. Well, if you look at how many followers Elon Musk has, there was only 300,000 in the space at that time. It doesn't make sense, is what I heard on Legacy Media today. But that, I heard the word. It was a disaster. Disaster. Yeah, Disastrous rollout. What? I don't know. I was, I was tuning into it, and, I mean, was it as smooth as Ron DeSantis would have wanted it to go? No, but also he doesn't own Twitter. I know. So it's not his company. It's not his platform. He just picked that one, and... Again, I think if you had it to do over again, probably you would have done something different. But, but again, who remembers this in a week? Right, exactly. That, it's Let one alone of those when it comes time to vote. <laughs> yeah, I think Randy Weingarten was out there like, this man cannot be trusted to make decisions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Do you remember the Democrats with the primary last time with the app? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, what, what a disaster this is. Yeah, they couldn't get the votes tabulated right. No. Because they were using a mobile app that didn't work. Correct. Or how about Joe Biden's fancy app for illegal immigrants that was crashing because so many people were using it? I, I mean, come on. I know. Really, technology know. glitches happen. All right. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought some of what Ron DeSantis had to say was uh, refreshing, was good to hear him. Uh, counterpunch to some of the leftist conspiracy theories like what the NAACP spread earlier this week. Uh, the travel advisory for black people going to Florida. Don't go to Florida! <laughs> it is still one of the most laughable things I can remember. Okay, go roll it. Claiming that Florida is unsafe is a total farce. I mean, are you kidding me? You look at cities around this country, they are awash in crime. In Florida, our crime rate is at a 50-year low. You look at the top 25 cities for crime in America, Florida does not have a single one amongst the top 25. And if you look at cities like Baltimore and Chicago, you got kids more likely to get shot than to receive a first-class education. Yet I don't see the NAACP batting an eye about all the outrage and the carnage that's happening in those areas. So this is a political stunt. These left-wing groups have been doing it for many, many years. And at the end of the day, what they're doing is colluding with legacy media 
to try to manufacture a narrative. Well, if you can't teach critical race theory in schools, that's violence. Right. You need to be frightened. <laughs> that's what we hear from the left. You need to be more welcoming. Ridiculous. Like public schools in Chicago where kids get shot. Right, of course. Where, by the way, there are more people in the city of Chicago in different neighborhoods saying, hey, we can't, we can't deal with this immigrant crisis. Oh, I know. They're whining like crazy now. <laughs> Holy yep. smokes. Yep. What a disaster that whole thing is. There are a whole piece, too, in the Wall Street Journal. The new mayor, what a disaster. But to DeSantis's point there. Um, but back to this rollout, Biden mocked it. Yeah, President Biden. <laughs> well, somebody on Biden's yeah, he team did. mocked it. They responded to the glitches by posting a donation link on Twitter with the caption, this link works. And I just kept thinking, you know, they should probably be careful about mocking glitchy technology, considering Joe Biden has a glitchy brain. This is literally Biden trying to speak just a few days ago. Yeah. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're uh, in terms of uh, taxes that they refuse to, for example, we. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, this is in Japan in front of world leaders. Yeah. Uh -huh. And you're trying to figure out what in the, is he talking about? I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the. What? The global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to 32 cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were were accumulating what and uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made 40 400 billion dollars or 40 billion dollars 400 billion dollars oh, which is it? that the uh, they uh, they hit pay zero in tax zero calling that glitchy is yeah. a gift I, right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but at least uh, he wasn't involved in a conversation that went a little haywire on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, really? Is that, are Democrats really going to say that that's like this big disqualifying thing for Ron DeSantis that a platform that he doesn't have anything to do with was glitchy and held up a, a conversation for 20 minutes? I think oh. it says a lot how worried they are about DeSantis. Yeah. I can't remember who it was that made this point, but I think it's really true that you have this guy that right now in the polling is far behind Trump, right? Have you ever seen someone get into a race that's a far back number two under this much scrutiny within the first 24 hours of them declaring they're going to run? Oh, no, they're freaked out yeah. by him. Yeah. No one pays that much attention to someone else that just puts their hat in the ring. Yeah. Usually, well, the la if they're that far behind. The, the closest example I can, I can come to is actually Donald Trump himself in 2015. And in some ways, that was like people just making fun of him yeah. for coming down the escalator, and it was so Trump, yeah. and a lot of people ignored it mm -hmm. at the time. But anyway. I just think right, it's funny Biden. that it was called Open Spaces, which is Biden's brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Biden, this is really interesting, because this is CBS News. Yeah. Well, an IRS agent is coming forward now publicly with allegations about the Hunter Biden investigation. This is Gary Shapley. He's been with the IRS for 14 years. Now, he's not confirming or denying that it's Hunter Biden, but that's what CBS News is reporting, that, yeah, he's talking about an investigation into Hunter Biden's tax affairs. CBS News actually interviewed the guy, put him on the evening news last night. Wow. And he's claiming, yeah, the Department of Justice is interfering with the investigation into the president's son. Roll it. When I took control of this particular investigation, 
I immediately saw it, you know, it was way outside the norm of what, what I've uh, experienced in the past. There was multiple steps that were, were slow walked at the uh, direction of, of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, that, and, and, and each and every time it seemed to, to always benefit the subject. Why do you want to navigate these waters? Well, I don't want to do any of this. I took an oath of office, and when I saw the egregiousness of some of these things, it no longer became a choice for me. It's not something that I want to do. It's something that I feel like I have to do. So what do you make of that? Well, first gut, first gut reaction. It's not just conservative media talking about this now. And it is right. remarkable because when a guy named Tony Bobolinsky, who's not with the IRS, but was a business associate of Hunter Biden, went public and he was on Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. media either ignored it or said, oh, this is all fake. But now you actually do have somebody coming out. Now, they do give the caveat, well, he is a registered Republican. But I, I find it fascinating. That's okay. That's okay with me. Oh, I'm, sure. Honestly, I'm just glad they at least covered it. Yeah. Because that is news. Oh, sure it is. I, it, it does. I don't know. It's The timing of all of it is very odd to me just because, you know, Ron DeSantis is making his announcement. That fight between him and Trump is, is coming out. Uh, and they're scared to death that either one of those men are going to be president, and they're worried that Joe Biden wouldn't be able to beat either of them next time around. I tend to I tend to skew more Van Camp on this, in that nothing's going to happen. Oh, nothing's <laughs> going to happen. No, they just <laughs> keep doing this, and all this evidence piles up, and nothing. I understand that, but what do you make of CBS covering it? Well, why? Because they've ignored everything right, else. And, Why not right, ignore and, it? And there's got to be a reason, right, in this big chess game they're playing. No, there's... So, what's... I mean, if if not Joe, then who? I mean, if they're trying to get remove Joe... Well, that's, that's there the is question no I'm bringing up. There is no Unless they see signs of, okay, we've got to do something here. Because even though Biden announced and there was the fanfare of different... Liberal media saying, hey, absolutely, he doesn't need a cognitive test. And yes, uh, you know, a lot of Americans are older now, but look at how much he can do. He's in great shape. He can do this. So there was like this 180 from where we were this past October to where we're at now as far as this dude mm-hmm. running again. Because there were a lot of Democrats being outspoken saying the guy can't do it again. And all of a sudden, there was this shift with media as well. And now CBS is actually reporting yeah. this story. Bit of a surprise, but I don't know what the end game is either. So I don't know. I don't know what the end game is, you know. but you got to wonder: is there something else to it? Well, I mean, if they if they want him out, CBS, the same network that uh, on sixty Minutes told Donald Trump the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, it couldn't be verified. It's impossible to verify. Oh, that's right. That was a direct quote. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting. Of course, the news broke yesterday that Tina Turner had passed away at the age of 83. Yeah. Um, and it was the lead story on the Today Show. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, I wasn't the lead on the other ones I saw. I mean, they were covering oh, it, yeah. but not as the lead story. They went deep on it. Um, there was a song that I had no idea that was inspired by Tina Turner. And this song is a favorite of Van Camp and mine, and I'm betting that Van Camp didn't know the story behind this song. Either. Oh, wow. That, and it's not written by anyone at the time that Tina Turner knew, 
But this person wrote the song because of her. Do I like this person? And then Tina Turner covered it later. Oh, wow. It, it's okay. fascinating. All right. We'll get to that. And Americans are really saying we need higher taxes. Who said that? <laughs> Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Death Ceiling Showdown. Mm-hmm. It rolls on. Yes. By the way, I was watching Good Morning America's coverage of this. They show the picture of Biden, and it's just him kind of looking <laughs> ahead. The picture of Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> the House Republican leader, his eyes are shifted over to the side to make him look as menacing as possible. Oh, it was of like course. comical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it was like the Avengers villain, Kevin McCarthy. <sighs> Yeah, so Democrats are refusing to cut spending in exchange for raising the debt limit. And it's interesting because the new CNN poll, CNN of all places, new poll shows that 60% of Americans say lawmakers should cut spending. Even Democrats are split on cutting spending. Yeah. Democrats poll couldn't get a majority in favor of just raising the debt limit because it's like, look, yeah, at some point you got to cut spending before you up your credit limit. Okay. Yes. But according to leftist representative Pramila Jayapal, what that poll really meant is that people want to raise taxes. Hmm. <laughs> well, she's so smart, I can't wait to hear her explain it. I'm so glad you raised that poll, because I think it's really important to look at what that poll says. If you just say to people, should we cut spending, they will probably say yes. Um, however, if you say, would you rather cut spending and reduce the deficit by cutting the tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations <laughs> and wealthiest individuals, or would you like to cut your own health care, education, uh, you know, care for veterans, etc. I guarantee you that you would have even higher numbers that say, let's make sure okay. that we're making the wealthy pay but their fair share. That's not and what that's the, the other thing we've been saying to the Republicans. Whoa, whoa, is that Poppy from that's CNN Poppy Harlow, pushing yeah, CNN. back? Yeah. Whoa. This is the exact question that was asked of voters. What should Congress do on the debt ceiling? Raise only if spending cut, 60%. Raise no matter what, 24%. Not raise, let U.S. default 15 percent. These are these are what they are saying to this critical question. Go ahead. No, I understand. But, Poppy, you can't take tax cuts out of spending. You know, tax cuts for the wealthiest are spending. No, just automatic, man. It's always the go to. Mm -hmm. Oh, and especially if you were to lay out to the American people what money is getting spent on. Mm hmm. Uh, the Democrats would not like that. No. Well, what, what was it? There was a, a, a I know in, in terms of the federal budget, this is a, not even a drop in the bucket, but uh, there was like a $2,500 grant to transgender hairdressers in Nepal. Yes. Like you're Very telling specific. me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you telling me that if most Americans knew that, they'd be like, yeah, I want tax dollars going to that? Of course they wouldn't. There's so much knuckleheaded spending everywhere. And especially, why don't you ask the American people, hey, do you want your money and to put it in the budget to pay for other people's student loans? They would say, no, I'm not paying for their student loans. I didn't, I didn't take out the loan. They took out the loan. I don't want to pay for that. They want to take food away from hungry people. You know that. <laughs> We've heard that one, too. 
Okay, I mentioned the passing of Tina Turner. It was a big story. She's 83, incredible career. I had mentioned that I had just found this out. I didn't know a song that was out in the 70s. I love this song. And then found out, you know, years ago now that David loves this song. Scott, I don't think it's a huge one for you. It's not exactly in your format, I guess, I would say. Uh, but I'll put it to you this way. David, did you know this song was inspired by Tina Turner? She's a good-hearted woman. Really? Yes. No, I didn't know that. I did not know that. It Waylon makes sense. But, but, so, okay. You would think because of what happened between her and Ike, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, the way the story goes... Waylon Jennings sees an ad with this phrase, Tina Turner singing songs about good-hearted women loving good-timing men. And so he just started writing it. Wow. And then got some help from Willie. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. And I can't wait to tell my dad that story because he loved that song. That's where I even knew that song. I like that song. Yeah. I remember you ripping it one time, but hey, if you want to join in the fun now, that's fine. Welcome to the party. Welcome on. (laughs) That's fake news. I don't remember that at all. Okay. And then to find out, did you know Tina Turner covered it? No. I did not no. know that, no. Do you want to hear it? Of course I do. Oh, my goodness, is it good. Okay, roll it. Roll it. I thought that was awesome. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Man, that's a fun Snapple fact, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Yeah. Scott, remember when you were doing music radio for a while and you did the story behind the song? Yeah. And I think you did that bit for like a number of years, right? Yeah, until it was tired and worn out, and I did it again for six more months after that. So, yeah. <laughs> I just don't ever remember being as cool as what we just experienced. I don't think it was because you delivered it. And <laughs> well, no, it was just because this was actually a for, great story. For me to ever behind approach the song. your level of coolness would be just No, it's not me. Impossible. It's just this story is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I thought it would gave me a chance to have a little yeah. fun with you. You think no, the person who actually wrote that about Tina Turner just got pissed off when he or she found out about Waylon Jennings writing a song, ripping off his line? I wonder. I wonder. Or was that a common phrase? I have no idea. Let's analyze Amanda tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a surprise. Trump is going after DeSantis hard. We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Marshall Van Camp Robbins Show. Jeremy Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Ron DeSantis announces a lot of criticism, how he did it. Mm-hmm. See what happens over the next week. See what the polling is going to say, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now. Yeah. I would imagine you always get the bump. Most people do. See how it goes. Um, But a lot of people are mocking his Twitter announcement because there were some glitches. Yeah. Yeah, it took about 20 minutes or so to get the thing underway. And I know a lot of us were sort of saying, okay, uh, let's get this show on the road here. Uh, Again, I, I don't really know how that exactly reflects poorly on DeSantis himself. If anything, it just makes Elon Musk look like an idiot. I mean, I don't know that he just didn't have the capability to get this thing underway with such high demand.
Mm-hmm. So I again, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens, how that impacts the race as it moves forward. But I don't think it'll be that big of a deal moving forward. Uh, but Donald Trump made fun of uh, Ron DeSantis' Twitter event with all the technical issues by sharing a parody version of the event. The parody version was a Twitter space, that's the audio platform, with Elon Musk, Ron DeSantis, joined by George Soros, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, Dick Cheney, <laughs> Hitler, and the devil. Oh, wow. Have you seen this, Scott? Uh, no. Okay, we'll <clears throat> enjoy this together. Roll it out. So anyway, guys, I just wanted to announce that I'm... Okay, I can hear the governor very shut well. The shut up, up. Would you please shut up already? I, I'm running for f- president, okay? <laughs> yeah. We kind of already knew about it. Congratulations, Governor. (coughs) Uh, Well, that concludes our Twitter space for today. Thank you to all of our. Hold your horses, Elon. The real president is going to say a few words. The devil, I'm going to kick your ass very soon. Hitler, you're already dead. Dick Cheney sounds like you'll be joining Hitler very soon. Klaus Schwab and George Soros, I'm putting both your asses in jail. And Ron DeSanctimonious can kiss my big, beautiful 2024 presidential ass. <laughs> he shares that. <laughs> I was watching that this morning, and I'm like, is this an old LSD flashback or something? What's going on right now? <laughs> Got to be a little careful with the World Economic Forum, because, I mean, Donald Trump did do a special address at the World Economic Forum in 2020. That is true. But, I mean, as far as Trump ripping on DeSantis, you know it's going to happen. Oh, sure. I at least want it to be funny because some of the shots that he's taken so far really haven't landed. You know, that is at least somewhat entertaining. So that's better than what we've seen so far. Yeah, just the, just the absolute idea of all these people in the room together. <laughs> right. Yes. Someone got creative, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you're talking about Elon Musk and Twitter and DeSantis. Did you happen to hear or see the clip of Sonny Hostin from The View actually get fact-checked? While she's talking. Through her earpiece as she's talking on The View. Yeah. From the producers. Mm. Did you hear this, David? No, I didn't hear it. Okay. So she's going on. You know, 20% of Americans are only 20% of Americans are on Twitter. And out of those 20%, 80% are the loudest and, and the ones that make the most noise. And so you're hearing from such a small group of people. And when you compare a Twitter announcement with Elon Musk, who I don't know what his approval rating is, but it's like in the toilet. 40. <laughs> you know what it is. He's at, oh, I'm sorry. I was just told he's more favorable than Biden and Trump, which scares me. But uh, <laughs> all of a sudden she's, she's got her hand up to her ear. What's that? Yeah. Uh-oh. Hmm. But uh, so it's 47 percent. But when you compare that, right, when you compare that to uh, Joe Biden's uh, video that he when he announced, which was I'm here to save the soul of a nation. I think so many people felt that and related to it. And we were. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because you go off of your feelings and you have no idea how wrong they are. What a hack she is. So many people that live in my vacuum felt that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you meant. Yeah. Golly. The View's had a week. I mean, it's always laughably. It is. It's terrible. But, I mean, it's been something else this week. I mean, wrong, racist. Oh, gosh. It goes on and on and on. But I don't know. Does anyone really take that? As fact, when they watch it, I suppose they do. Oh, sure they do. Some people do, yeah. That's why it's under the ABC News banner. It is under the ABC News banner. And the seals that are in the audience clapping and 
They're being polite. The applause light goes on. You know the Chardonnay Mafia loves the oh, view. I suppose that they do. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Chardonnay Mafia. <laughs> That's great. All right, it's that time of the show. Going around the room. Not the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? It's a crazy story out of western Michigan. So a guy... Uh, he, he So he's at home uh, a while back, and a pro-life activist, 84-year-old woman, shows up at his door and okay. knocks on the door, wants to hand out uh, literature from her organization. The man's wife is the one who answers the door. They get into an argument over abortion. He comes out. <clears throat> he's got a gun. Gun goes off. 84-year-old woman shot in the shoulder. He pleaded no contest to charges this week and was <laughs> sentenced to community service. He shot a community woman. Community service? He what? shot a woman during a political argument, and he's got community service and has to pay $347.19 in restitution. Where are we? I don't know. That's, That's crazy, isn't that it? That is crazy. And, of course, we already know this. Flip the script. Okay, 84-year-old pro-choice woman gets shot. No kidding. We're having a national conversation about toxic masculinity and MAGA Republican terrorists. He says it was an accident. The gun just discharged or whatever. But mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you, brought, you brandished a firearm against an 84-year-old woman, dude? Really? Wow, man. Community service. Okay, we got to have follow-up on that. The outrage around there has got to be massive. Okay, what's your story, Scott? Uh, this is interesting because we've learned this past week that Florida is dangerous for people of color, brown and black people. Stay yeah. away. Um, it appears that no one's listening. The pandemic spurred nearly one million people to move to Florida from 2020 to 2022. Right now, the state's economy and the rocking housing market is red hot. Population grew by 2% last year alone, faster than any other state, and five times the national rate of growth. This is according to Census Bureau, by the way. Much of that growth, economists said, has been propelled by the influx of white-collar professionals who decided, hey, if I can work from anywhere, why the hell do I want to work in New Jersey? I'm going to the beach. And that's what they did. Now, there are beaches in California and New Jersey, but people decided, you know what? This nutty overreach of government in my state is ridiculous, and I'm getting the hell out. I want to go to a freer state. Well, those are just those crazy MAGA people. Yeah, white supremacists. Apparently, there's a lot of them (laughs) that have moved at one million, as a matter of fact. And the other people that should be scared keep traveling there for vacation. (laughs) I don't understand it. No, it's pretty wild, man. Um, For my story today, uh, I would have had no idea that this happened. It's not one of those stories you see every day, but apparently there's a feud between two of Texas's top Republicans. And it is sort of broken down into these accusations back and forth. And so the way I understand the story goes like this. You got a moderate Republican and then a conservative Republican. Okay? So you have the Attorney General Ken Paxton. He's an outspoken conservative. And then the House Speaker, Dade Phelan who apparently is friendly with the legislature's moderates and Democrats. This public feud is going on to where Paxton, the conservative, taking aim at Phelan, calling on the speaker to resign after he appeared to be in a state of apparent 
intoxication during a house session on May 19th. Yeah, Has anyone slurring. heard any part of this? No, <laughs> I have not heard this. <clears throat> okay. Drunk guy at the podium, huh? Well, you can tell me if he's drunk or not. Here is part of that session, and this is feeling. Mr. Campbell, send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? And the chair has done the amendment. adopted. <laughs> no. Dude, that's not somebody that's got some sort of... There's not a stroke happening no. there. No. Okay. No. Um. Hmm. Good golly, man. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh... He sounds hammered. No doubt about it. I mean, if you're the Biden campaign, you're like, look, look, next to that guy, Biden sounds pretty good. If you want to hear that part of that clip again. Mr. Campbell, send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? The chair has done. The amendment is adopted. Because the session starts, and then the way I understand it is there's like four hours in between. Who knows what anyone's doing for four hours? Sounds like you had a little drinky poo. <laughs> yeah. Democrats in Pennsylvania are like, send that guy our way. <laughs> <laughs> he, speaks, he speaks pretty good, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Biden will probably make him some ambassador of Belgium or something. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Paxson taking that shot at Phelan came the same day the news broke that the House committee on general investigating was probing Paxton's attempt to settle a 2020 lawsuit using an alleged $3.3 million in public money. Mm -hmm. So going back and forth, it's like, well, this guy's drunk. And then there's more. The chair recognizes Mr. Mr. Johnson of Harris, Mr. Johnson of Harris to speak in opposition to the bill. (laughs) Whoa, Ted. Yeah. You know, the bar is really low these days, though. Right? It is really low. I'm just what saying. What do you mean? This guy is short? To get so the elected. bar, he could get belly up and just keep pounding him? What do you mean? No, no, to, oh, you To mean get elected to positions of power. Yeah, I got what you mean, yes. The chair recognizes Ms. Niabe Criado to speak in opposition to the bill. It just goes Didn't on. anybody go, hey, wait, wait a minute. I think everyone's looking around at one another going, <laughs> what happened to him? Call him on Uber or something? I mean, it's probably a good idea. I don't know, man. Did he not know this was going to happen? Like, he, like, okay, I got the rest of the night off. I'm just going to booze. I have, I don't know, man. Incredible. Yes. Mr. Speaker, I'm directed by the Senate to inform the House that the Senate is taking the following action. Thank you, sir. Members, you may want to hear this announcement. Mr. Guerin moves the House adjourn until Monday. At 1 p.m., mm. is there objection? The chair here is done. The House stands adjourned. Mm-hmm. Good night now. <laughs> All in favor, say Tito's. <laughs> oh, I like to make a toast. Here's to the breezes uh, that flows through the trees that lifts the girls' skirts above their knees. Hey, Johnny Bob! No, no, no. Don't go any further. <laughs> Do you like a little vodka and orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> Sipping on gin and juice. <laughs> so we'll be keeping our eye on that one. Pretty wild one. Okay. Meanwhile, in Louisiana, a Republican voted down a bill banning sex change procedures for children. Why would he do that?
He wasn't on the tank, was he? We'll get to that coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. This is sickening, what happened in Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana House had passed a bill that would ban sex change procedures for minors. And it headed over to the state Senate, where uh, it went to a committee meeting and it died because of a Republican lawmaker by the name of Fred Mills. State Senator Fred Mills uh, voted to kill a proposed ban on sex change procedures, including puberty blockers and all of it. Uh, He killed it. And his justification was because uh, he had not heard convincing evidence that it was happening enough in the state of Louisiana to warrant a law being passed against it. So no worry that it may happen in the future. Right. Well, it's really not happening that much, as far as I can tell. I call BS. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people did. Yeah. Well, the guy used to run a pharmacy and happens to have a lot of uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, on his donor list. Now, he's term limited, so he's not going to be seeking re-election to the current position. But I, I, I can't help but wonder, I mean, this guy's political career is over if he ever had any other as- aspirations. Oh, I'm sure he'll get on the board mm-hmm. up somewhere. Something. There'll be a job waiting for him for yeah. the way that he's voted. Because, yeah, they, and they were different people were tweeting out all of his donor list. Mm-hmm. And you go down and you're trying to think, oh, yeah, there's Pfizer. There's another pharmaceutical. Yep, they benefit. Oh, there's the Louisiana Society of Anesthesiology. Yeah, they all benefit from that. Hmm. Wonder why he voted that way. And also he's term limits, so he's not afraid of being booted out of office. That's one of he the biggest anyway. problems that With we term face. term limits. Well, yes. Yeah. Is and I, I'm, not, people... I'm not saying I'm not a proponent of it, but yet, <clears throat> gee, at least it keeps them in check. Somewhat. Well, what I'm saying is that <laughs> how many people that we have running the country that are really not looking out for the best interests of the people, it is to benefit themselves. Percentage-wise? Holy cow. It's something, man. Uh, saw this story on a lighter note. Um, I mean, the headline kind of grabs your attention. A woman hid smelly food in her cheating boyfriend's apartment. <laughs> One of those getting back at somebody else. Mm. Caught him cheating. And then hid smelly food all over the place. Golly. So there's a video where she opens up the curtain rods above one of his windows and stuffs a bunch of shrimp in there. Okay. Said the place smelled for months. He couldn't figure it out. Man, what is this smell? (laughs) Then her video inspired other people to tell their own revenge stories in her comments. Some of those. Do you want to hear them? No, sure. sure. Someone removed a back panel from their ex's TV and put crab meat in it. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's God. not... Oh, dang. Man. Woman brushed a guy's toilet with his toothbrush, that old trick, then put it back. Yeah. Show the video later. Um, You know the liquid that comes in jars of minced garlic? Somebody dumped that in a guy's shoes. Oh. Like, all of his shoes. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And there's... <laughs> foot over there, pal. <laughs> and then somebody filled a spray bottle with milk and sprayed it all over the person's carpet. See oh, that? Oh gosh, that's yeah. yeah. If you've ever had like spilled milk on the carpet inside mm-hmm. a car. Oh yeah, that's like, brutal. Brutal. Baby's yeah. milk, whatever. Yeah. 
And then you could say, well, I think the smell's pretty much out. And then all of a sudden it's yeah, like it's an bad. 80, 90 degree day. And you get back in that car and you're like, that smell's <laughs> never going away. Yeah, right. you, know, you know, the boyfriend actually begged for her back because the smell of shrimp reminded him of her. Oh, God. man. Wow. That's... You disavowed, don't you, Robin? <laughs> this is the Marky Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. We always appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Many things to get to today. Uh, a lot of people talking about Ron DeSantis, announcing he is running for president. Um, hearing a lot about the Twitter glitches, the way he announced it was heavily yeah. criticized. But you have a different side of this story, David. Well, I don't know how many people were turned off by this, raised a million dollars within an hour of going live. That seemed like a big deal. Pretty that, good. That's a pretty big deal. And when you're looking at 700,000 concurrent users on Twitter space at one time, that's, uh, that's pretty big. Agree. By Twitter standards. And, and so, I mean, I, I think it did kind of make a splash. I don't know if he, you know, rocked the world or anything like that with this, but I think it gave a lot of people a, a dose of what's to come. Well, you know, and I agree with you. I can't help my mind going here. Legacy media going after him the way they are right now, along with the NAACP, saying, oh, warning to black people and, you know, LGBTQ people, not safe to travel there. That is insanity. What is that based in? Well, we know it's because they don't want critical race theory taught in schools, and you're not going to be able to show pornographic books in the schools. Yeah, what kind of rednecks are they? (laughs) (laughs) But that's what they take that in their own messaging and say it may not be safe to go there. They're attacking these people, which is absolute nonsense. Uh, But I think, you know, we've talked about this a whole lot, and I'm not going to pretend to be this political expert that it let me show you the pathways of winning in 24 and you need A, B, and C. To me, it's like common sense. You've got to get the people that voted for Trump before that may not vote for him again a lot of that is suburban women. As far from everything that I read, that's going to be very, very important. Can Trump convince those people to vote for him? A lot of people think probably not. That one's already cooked. Okay, would they vote for a Ron DeSantis when they hear his message? Maybe. I think that could be promising. And I think, well, certainly legacy media and the left knows this. That's why they're going after him so hard. Because they know Trump is beatable. I know people can totally disagree with that take, but that's the way I see it right now. Yeah. I mean, I do you see? Alone. Do you see Trump being able to turn it around if he wins the nomination? Um, I mean, right now, I think the polls are he's up what seven points on Biden. Yeah. Well, again, you know, there's the difference between looking at national polls and state by state polls. You know, when right. you see he's under Trump is underwater in Pennsylvania in a lot of polls. When yep. you look at the way the game is played, which remember, we, yeah. we, we don't elect presidents by popular vote. 
So nationwide polling doesn't really matter a whole lot. I, I don't think it's entirely irrelevant, but it, it doesn't really matter that much. you got to look at the state-by-state state polling. Um, and I, to me, as things stand right now, and then you put on top of that a criminal case, maybe two criminal cases that Trump will be facing in 2024, I know you can sit here and say it's not fair, this is rigged against him. I, I agree with you, it is. Yep. But it's probably going to be successful. Probably. Okay, don't I have to spend a whole lot of time on this? I did see a piece from Real Clear Politics today. Uh, Matt Towery, and he starts the piece by saying, to be clear, I am writing this as a pollster, not as a politician or partisan. And the name of the piece was, a lot has to change quickly for Republicans to have a chance in 2024. Which is almost unthinkable. Isn't it with the way the country's gone yeah. over the last couple of years? How could anyone vote for Biden again? I know it goes through all of our brains. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. The way he brings up this point, and it is something we've talked about before, is that if the tree falls, you know how this goes. If a tree falls in the woods and there's no one to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, in the political forest, the answer is no if the tree is Republican or conservative. This is by far and away the biggest obstacle Republicans face in having a fair chance of winning in 24. And he goes on to talk about how Fox is the dominant cable news network, but it cannot possibly serve to counterbalance the three broadcast news networks along with CNN and MSNBC. Even with Newsmax thrown in the mix, the conservative broadcast and online media, based on total viewership and readership, is overwhelmed day in and day out. And that is true. Even though Fox always wins, it, it's one against four that are splintered. Yeah. That's kind of why. But when you look at the overall viewership, yes, Fox is dwarfed. Not to mention there are a lot of people right now not trusting Fox all that much. Yeah. Uh, goes on to talk about Republican operatives seem hell-bent on spending their money in short-burst primary and general election cycles. They just assume that everyone knows their view on the news that Biden is cognitively challenged. The economy is in decline. The border is flooded daily by undocumented immigrants. That crime is destroying the nation's once great and revered cities. That the U.S. appears weak and unprepared for future aggressions by major foes. We all know this, right? The average voter does not know that. No. And so as, you know, I'll be the first to admit, we talk a lot about people getting out of their bubble. And in some ways, we're in that bubble, too. Yeah. I would say we recognize it a little more because we talk about conversations we have about things going on in the news with people that don't watch any conservative media that have no idea what's going on. And what's worse, they think they do know what's going on. So anyway, polls asking voters about issues provide conservatives with the appearance that their issues are important to voters as well as the Democrats, but most issue-oriented polling questionnaires assume that their respondents are aware and have an opinion on the matter and respondents rarely want to confess that they haven't got a clue oh no one wants to admit that no and that's a pollster saying that right so it gives you this illusion and you know throughout this piece he was talking about how much of a red wave it was going to be last fall and it didn't turn out even the polling leading right up to it it looked that way but you're fooled by it. And, you know, I would say it's worth a read. It's a fairly long piece. But, yeah, the Republicans got to get smarter about messaging and getting it out to the masses. 
because it's not working right now. People don't know it's as bad as it is, I guess, in some ways. It's the best way to say it. Okay, moving on. Oh, we got the debt ceiling. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says what? That Republicans need to negotiate with us? Yeah, the uh, debt limit debate continues in D.C. Democrats refusing to cut spending in exchange for raising the debt limit. Republicans in the House have already passed a spending plan, but Democrats in the House still think Republican leadership needs to negotiate with them. Uh, Here's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Okay. He has responsibility to concede. (laughs) So if he wants any Democratic support... Why why does he? Yeah. Yeah. And why don't you? (laughs) That's what I... Someone jump in and say, why? He has to come to the table. And we have seen him over and over again say that he will not negotiate. He's been saying he would since February. Yeah, I don't know when he said he wasn't going to. That they are engaged in hostage-taking, not negotiation. Oh, Extortion, <laughs> not conversation. And that is not something we can establish. It is not something we can reinforce in this country. Yeah. Everything about her is hyperbole to well, spook you. Well, yeah, of course. Especially. Yes, that's what she does. She yes. is a master at this. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the people who are talking about, uh, you know, uh, venerating the so-called Tennessee Three... Right for interrupting House proceedings yeah. in the in the State House in Tennessee, and saying it's good that they had this walkout and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. are now talking about hostage taking. Really, yeah. the same people who are willing to face down a default because they don't want to defund some of their green weenie projects. Really, you're wanting to talk about <laughs> hostage taking, and exactly. Kevin McCarthy can just quote Pulp Fiction. I don't remember asking you a thing. <laughs> AOC has mastered this, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, taking advantage of where we're at right now. Yeah. You know, an uneducated population that gets most of their news from social media. I mean, she doesn't have to be smart. She can say all these things. This was an all-out attempted coup. <laughs> and people just yeah. take her word for it, man. Well, taking food off the tables of people that are hungry. Things because, like that. Because of the working requirement. Yes. As a woman or any menstruating person All in this country. All that sort of nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's infuriating it in is, some ways. It is. The language but, has been hijacked you know, over and over again. But she gets the credit for it. And they keep voting her in. And she's going to be in for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Saw this story. Holy smokes, man. In Florida, this 23-year-old guy, Jordan Rivera. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Oh, Lost dude. his arm to a gator yeah. the other day. Outside a bar, Port Charlotte. It's like 90 miles south of Tampa. So there's a pond out back. That's where it happened. Mm. Uh, He said he remembered falling down and woke up in the hospital. He's a little frustrated because people thought that he went out to feed the gator. That's not what he was out there for. Well, kind of. He was not out there to feed him food (laughs) or his arm, Scott. Okay. Okay. But you talk about somebody taking it in stride. You know, they interviewed him from the hospital. I didn't lose my life, lost an arm. It's not the end of the world. They got my elbow, so I don't have an elbow. But I can still move my arm around and whatnot. I just saw a little lake. Just trying to go over there and just, you know, take a little pee or whatnot. That was it. He was just going to yeah. take a little whiz. Yeah, the bathroom was packed in the bar. He had yeah. no pee, and then he fell into the pond and, well, lost his arm. Ugh. Something happened where I either tripped or, like, something the ground below me kind of just went down. And I ended up in the water, and that's literally the last thing I remember. Oh, my goodness, man. 
He's going to be all right. Someone started to go fund me. Um, I think it's doing pretty well. But to lose your arm and say it's not the end of the world. Yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. Wow, man. Mm. Okay, at some point, if that's your buddy, do you... At some point, do you start calling him Chubbs a little? Damn, alligator bit my hand. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, it's going to probably be a little while before that happens. But he's got the right spirit. All right, we got to get to a uh, news update. And the IRS whistleblower story straight ahead. The Marshall Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The IRS whistleblower is suddenly a story. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually, the guy was featured on CBS News. IRS agent coming forward now with allegations about the Hunter Biden investigation into his taxes. This guy's name is Gary Shapley. He's been with the IRS for 14 years. Now, he is not saying explicitly that it's Hunter Biden because he can't legally do that. Right. But CBS News is saying, no, he's talking about Hunter Biden and how Joe Biden's uh, uh, Department of Justice is stonewalling the investigation. It's so frustrating, man. Yeah. And so CBS News actually interviewed the guy. He's claiming the DOJ has interfered with the investigation into the president's son. When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it, you know, it was way outside the norm of what what I've uh, experienced in the past. There was multiple steps that were were slow walked at the uh, direction of of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, and and, and each and every time it seemed to to always benefit the subject. Why do you want to Hmm. navigate these waters? I don't want to do any of this. I took an oath of office, and when I saw the egregiousness of some of these things, it no longer became a choice for me. It's not something that I want to do. It's something that I feel like I have to do. Do you want to take him at his word? There are good people left, you know? Yeah. I but, was hey, looking like, what hey, this is just the right thing to do. This isn't right. This isn't justice. I always, look, I always try to look at this as, did he have anything personally to gain by saying that? And I and always come up with, what would he have to gain by this? What was it? CBS said, well, he's a registered Republican. Well, okay. Not what they said. They, yeah. Okay. That never mattered when it comes to yeah, other whistleblowers. I was just going to say, wait a minute, who cares, right? No, what I'm saying is I want to take him at his word. Oh, I do, too. Um, but you know what, man? In a lot of different areas of life right now, if you are to do the right thing, you're going to pay for it. People are going to come after you in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't stop you from doing what's right. No. It, it was the story you talked about yesterday, Scott. This Christian kid at Michigan State. Yeah. He's a sophomore. Yep. And business major. And then he's got this professor that's saying, hey, you have to pay 99 bucks each. Yeah, I had. That goes into this fund and it benefits Planned Parenthood. One of the beneficiaries, yes. And this kid, Nathan Barbieri, said, my money is in the hands of Planned Parenthood. He was upset about it. He said, uh, for me as a Christian, that's our calling. We're supposed to expose the bad things that happen and not just sit back and be abused. Yeah, it was funding a lot of these nutty far-left organizations the teacher was involved with. Yeah. And she was taking the money from them and just putting in some weird account, and this is where the money was dispersed. But you had to give it to her to be in the yes. class. It was You had to. Amy Wisner. 
Yeah, whoever heard of that? Was the professor. Yeah. Identifies as an intersectional feminist. I don't even know what that means. What, what does that mean, David? I don't know. What's intersectional? We're always going to call him the millennial. Sorry. Intersectionality is a Marxist term that talks about the interconnectedness of all sorts of victimhood classes. So it's not sexual? No. Well, I mean, yes, but no, not that's not what it means. It's like the you have, intersection. You have relations with people who have, who have been victims of other things? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> mm. Intersectional feminist. Intersectional, yeah. Yeah, intersectional yeah, feminist. Sectional, yeah, intersection. It's yes. the intersection of all, all grievance politics rolled into one. Wasn't that one of the bands that you saw when you went to Lilith Fair in the 90s, Scott? Yeah. They, they wore flannel shirts yeah. and really short hair. Yeah. Anyway, she's no longer with the university. But yeah, for a little while, that kid was taken on coming. Unbelievable. 600 students paying 99 bucks for a yeah. membership You're in a club into the rebellion community. You don't want to be a part of. Yeah. Well, Wisner said the rebellion community is a safe place to coordinate our efforts to burn everything to the effing ground. I'm so sick of the ah. safe place crap. <laughs> I am done with it it's funny safe place to burn things to the ground ground yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we need by the way on her facebook place. page it said a hundred percent of those fees were donated to planned parenthood mm. oh a hundred percent oh my okay. it's weird though because this says other causes it supported included those dismantling oppressive systems right i yeah. guess just planned parenthood got all the money damn <laughs> but i'm glad that kid stood up you know there was a lot of backlash but I would say he's probably glad now, and he did everybody a favor because the intersectional feminist, Professor Wiz, is gone. Professor Wiz. I said that lovingly. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Uh, biggest story of the day, I would say, probably is the reaction to uh, the event that Governor Ron DeSantis did last night on Twitter. And unfortunately, and maybe this is what hurts the initial splash, is that it's it, most of the talk has been about how there were technical difficulties getting the thing up and running. But I thought that he did actually talk about some serious substantive things that have certainly been appealing to millions of people in Florida and I think will, trans, uh, will transcend uh, to the rest of the country. Yeah, when you think of the amount of votes he got the first time around, and then how many he got the second time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did something right. Yep. There's no denying that. So more of that uh, reaction from DeSantis straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Ron DeSantis announces. And, David, you're saying, hey, something's getting lost here. Yeah. There's a lot of substance to what he was saying. Well, there was, and, and I think it's it's good to get some of this message out as well because the left just straight up lies about this guy all the time, just like they lied about Trump Absolutely. all the time. Um, yes. So the new conspiracy theory, of course, on the left, you may have heard this, is that Florida banned a poem by uh, Amanda Gorman, the young woman who spoke at Biden's inauguration. It's totally not true. She was gutted by it. Yeah. They, That's what she said, her no, words. Nobody banned it. Uh, what they said oh this probably isn't at a reading level suitable for elementary school kids so we're going to move it a couple shelves down to the middle school section what was the book it was a poetry yeah book. poetry right. book of some kind so, she yeah, read was, the thing at the inauguration for yeah, so they just move it 
they moved it yeah. to where maybe middle schoolers could actually, you know, comprehend what the words were. That's all it was. Okay. And so Ron DeSantis got a chance to actually address that. Oh, good. And you actually had Miami-Dade County Public Schools spokesperson have to come out and say there's nothing that's been banned or removed. It was basically just determined that this particular uh, book was better suited for middle school. And so they put it in the middle school media center. And the media tries to act like somehow that is offending uh, something with, with, a, with a book ban. So, um, but I think part of the reason that they're doing that is because, you know, there is actually a movement to ban books from like Amazon and some of these others. California, some municipalities have banned things like To Kill a Mockingbird. What they're trying to do is see if some of these books pass a woke test. And if they don't, they are going against uh, some of those books. Whereas in Florida, you can buy whatever book you want. But that's a different question than what would be appropriate for a third grader or what would be appropriate for a sixth grader. Government, by definition, has to make those choices. I think he's really good yeah. at taking on lies and telling people what mm-hmm. the real deal was. Right. And I don't, I guess it is a criticism of Trump. I don't necessarily want to take the shot at Trump. What just goes through my mind is the differences. And you could go back to Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. Hyperbole works. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Trump is full. It was a perfect phone call. It was the greatest. Yeah. It, it, everything is like that, right? After a while, people can hear, okay, he's yeah, kind of full of bluster or whatever. At least at this point, DeSantis doesn't have that. Yeah. So when he pleads his case, you're like, okay, you can check it out. Is he telling the truth? Well, I guess he is. All right. And you're just trying to build up the trust over time. Like, okay, well, he hasn't been caught lying about A, B, or C, so that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because you know he's going to be demonized. And, you know, somebody just had a montage I heard yesterday where there was a montage of people saying that he's worse than Trump. Right. (laughs) Already. How did they? (laughs) And he he poses more of a threat. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is early for that. Yeah, right. Depends on what you mean by poses a threat. Right, a threat to what? To the yeah, communists exactly. that want to destroy well, yes. America? Yes, I think he does pose a threat to them. And good. Exactly. Very interesting. Now, I, if you had to guess right now, a week from now in the polling, will he jump 10 points? Will it not be as much? Will it be more? I think it'll, yeah, I, I think if you look at the nationwide polling, as he gets out and does events and... Uh, really makes his case probably in the next couple of weeks he'll narrow the gap between him and him and Trump. I think it is very interesting that even though he is down a lot to Trump just in nationwide polling, uh, it's interesting that he registers so high relative to other people who are running, including a former vice president. Well, I, I guess Mike Pence isn't formally running either, but uh, right now, but yeah, I mean when you look at like Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, they're way down. And the fact that even before he declared, Ron DeSantis was registering in double digits is is pretty remarkable. And it's all, I mean, a lot of how he did with COVID. Yeah. Honestly, because he put a target on Florida's back and his back. By the way, he bucked Fauci and everybody else. He bucked Trump. He did. Yeah. You know, but then he was demonized very early on, and that made some people pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, do you see what they're doing in Florida? They're killing people. Oh, yeah. And then it turns out, well, that's not true. They recovered a whole lot quicker. And it's sort of hard to argue with all the people that are moving there, especially from places like New York. Wasn't that where the death Santis things came from? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. That is where it came from. Um, I happen to see this. Um, and David, <laughs> you're a millennial. This isn't Gen Z, but still, this would be 10 years younger than you. Have you seen the trends over time with just, what would you call it, these milestones of life, I guess? Mm-hmm. Pew Research, like 25-year-olds compared to 1980 and now, or 21-year-olds? And I was thinking of you, Scott, because 1980 is right around the time you were getting out of high school. Yeah. Okay. So if you go back then and you look at the, at the age of 21 in 1980, how many people had full-time work? 64%. Yeah, I did. 2021, it's 39%. Financial independence. Yep, had that too. You did. You were above the norm then. It was 42% in 1980. It's 25% now. Um, then having your own place, independent of parents, 1980, it was 62%. That would be me. Today is 51%. Mm. Now, would you be guessing that's a lot of like, people in college? Yeah. Away I, from home? I would think so. Well, the thing is, man, I wanted to get out because I wanted to drink, smoke, stay <laughs> up late. I, I couldn't do that living at home. My old man wouldn't have allowed me to do that. There's no way. Now you can, yeah, you can live in the basement, smoke and drink and do whatever. Well, a lot of people just go to college. Yeah, or they... So they can do those things or right, get their or, independence. Right, or they get their independence through their parents. Sometimes, yes, depending. Well, he's just, you know, he's finding his way. <laughs> Smoking bongs. And, you know. He says there's some traction on his self-produced EP. <laughs> right, exactly, right, yeah. But then you get to this. Marriage. In 1980, 21 years old, what percentage was married? If you had to at guess. At 21? At 21. Ooh, 33. It's 32% mm. compared to 6% today. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And then having kids, it was 18%, 6% today. All right. Then you go down to, all right, how about 25-year-olds? And especially when you get to, well, <laughs> living in your own place. 84% in 1980. By the time you were 25, you were out. Yeah, oh, yeah. 68% now. But marriage, 63% in 1980. By the age of 25, we're married. Now it's 22%. And then kids in the house. In 1980, it was 39%. Now it's 17%. You know, part of the marriage thing, and I'm just speaking from personal experience here and just knowing some people, uh, obviously, around my same age, I wonder how much the explosion in divorce rates uh, in the 80s and in the 90s contributed to people waiting to get married. I think that's a part of it. Um, there's a lot of things at play. Yeah. I've heard different people talk about this. I mean, birth control is certainly one. Um well, would you say a looser moral quality with some? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I would also say that a lot of it had to do with the I don't need a man phase. Yeah. I can independently do it by myself. I mean, that could be. Yeah. But the, it's also there's this trend going on where there are some people saying, no, I want to get married and start having kids in my 20s for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want to wait too long because you've seen – Sometimes, especially with women, if you wait too long, then you lose the window of opportunity. It gets tougher and yeah. tougher. And just the fact of you have more energy and stamina, say in your late 
20s than you do once you're into your early 40s. Right. No, I was a little bit older starting to have kids. You know, and you're like, oh, man, I'm trying to keep up. I'm getting tired, man. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of other, you know, advantages to that. Mm -hmm. Some people would say you can have a closer bond with your kids because there's not such a huge generation gap if you start having kids in your 20s. Mm. Could you wait a little bit older? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's, you know, something to that. I think that there's a really fine line there, though, between being too old. You know, I mean, physically. why you say that, geezer? Well, I mean, no, we're no, no, I'm just saying, I, but I've, I, I had a friend of mine who used yeah. to tell me that he resented his dad to this day because his dad was like 60 when he was born. Mm. I've heard that. And everybody thought that. it was his grandpa and he couldn't do yeah. anything with him and, yeah. you know, all these things. Yeah. One of our close friends is, is in that boat. I don't even know if you know that. I don't think I do. Yeah. He, always. He, he was too old to get out and do anything. Right. Kind of resented him. Yeah. You know? You could resent your father for other things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we have time right now. Um, Usually I ask permission. I don't know if I should or not. I will. Out of courtesy, anybody up for a game today? Sure. Yeah. Of course. You are? I I love taking a beating every day. Yeah. You don't look at it that way. We're going to work on the mental toughness. Okay. This All is right. an opportunity, Scott, All for right. you to turn things around and get a win today. Top five Mata Hoople songs? No. <laughs> Look out. Damn. No. Something completely different. There's actually uh, this little piece we were going to get to earlier in the week. I never had time. And since, you know, a lot of people are starting to already travel for Memorial Day. Yeah. The big weekend and the kickoff of the pool season. Uh, what are the rudest things you can do by the pool? Or at the pool. There's 10 of them. Well, pee in it. Oh, oh okay. Okay, how are we going to treat that? Uh, uh, Come on, uh, man. That one's off. It's off the Dang. table. That was number one. Oh. All right. David, I should have that one. Scott, we've talked about I don't some think so. we haven't premature ta- activity before. That's something I guess we still need work on. We haven't started. Uh, the game had not started yet, and it was not your turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, it starts with Van Camp. Personally, Again, rudest things should, you can do at the pool this summer. I think I should get those points because that was going to be my guess. But you you, know, you're all. you're teetering right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll guess uh, uh, taking over the chairs that are available poolside. Oh, very good. Yes, hogging the lounge chairs. It's one thing to show up early, get the best st- spot, but you don't just use tiles and books and bags to hold your spot and disappear for a couple hours. Can't do that. That was number three. That's an eight-pointer and a quick eight-nothing lead from Van Camp. Two Robins. Smoking. Smoking. I hate that because you got cigarette butts there and mm. gross. Nowhere yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how many Number people are smoking near a pool these days. Yeah. Depends on what you mean by smoking. I, I wouldn't have thought that. But anyway, it's a Van Camp. Um, too much horseplay in the pool. You know, splashing around a little bit too much, not really paying attention to where other people are. Oh, uh, yes. Excessive splashing, including cannonballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this, the way it's explained in this. Again, that's usually about keeping kids and husbands in check. <laughs> all right. We're all equal, right? That's yeah. what we have in this society. This, someone sent this from the stupid Huffington Post. Imagine if that said... It's usually about keeping the kids and wives in check. Patriarchy! Yeah. Uh, except, 
I can I can tell you that that actually is pretty accurate based on my own experience about keeping the dads in check because the dads are more likely to do the horseplay. You haven't been around our parts long, have you? <laughs> but that is right. That is uh, number six. That would be a five-pointer. It's a 13 nothing lead van camp. Again, rudest things you can do at the pool this summer. Scott? Swearing, cursing. Cursing, yeah. just bad language all the way yeah. around. Yeah. Oh, you know what, man? It's not on Good there. thought on there, but it's not there. Why no. would it be? No. People like to cuss a blue streak while your kids are at the pool with them. Sure. <laughs> it's not a problem. Just don't splash. Back to van camp. You can close it out right here. Um... This one is about the ladies wearing, like, like at a community pool, way too revealing swimsuits, like the thong and very, very low-cut top, things like that. Topless tanning. Topless? Yes. Said even if you're lying face down, you'll get some looks. But if it's a public pool or something like that, thongs, things like that, it's kind of a rude thing. Yeah, yeah, they're, laying, if they're laying their face down without the top attached. I'm there for like six hours if I have to be. I'm going to wait. It's rude because all the dads get cricks in their necks. And yeah, then... they can't leave. Uh, <laughs> give me another couple of minutes, honey. You know what, Scott? I got good news. I lose. It's over at least. Yeah, no, it's another win for band camp. It's typical. We usually try to like three guesses. If you wouldn't have had the premature action, you would have been right in that thing. But you, you I've heard that buzzed. before. <laughs> also, that's why I brought it up. Uh, bringing glassware is bad. Letting your kids run wild. Blasting music. I was going to say that. that uh, jumping in when you're sweaty. Showing up with a contagious condition. Well, Crab, Crabs and whatnot. Okay. Whatever it is. There you have. Don't be rude to fool. Good effort, though, Scott. You're going to get it one of these days. Swimming with scabies. <laughs> <laughs> News update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Target. What's going on? We talked about this some. Yeah. Well, they had the big Pride Month display out there. They had, you know, onesies for babies with all the Pride paraphernalia and whatnot on there. Um, and it was prominently displayed at the front end of stores. And there are some people who did not take kindly to that. They didn't like it. They said, hey, look, live and let live. But my gosh, why are you shoving this down my throat all the time? Yeah, it's enough of this already. And so then uh, Target in some select locations allowed local stores, if this was their choice, to move the displays to a less conspicuous portion of the store. Yes. And then you had Gavin Newsom, California governor. Yeah. So they're bending to the mob. I mean, yeah, suggesting that this was like Kristallnacht or something. I mean, just absurd. So, and I saw this story at Daily Wire. Apparently there is an insider at Target, because you got all these people leaking out stuff now saying, this is what they're saying. I think this is nuts. We were given 36 hours to take all the pride stuff, the entire section, and move it into a section that's a third the size. From the front of the store to the back of the store, you can't have anything on mannequins, no large signage. We call our customers guests. There is outrage on their part. And this year, it's exponentially more than any other year, all this stuff. I think given the current situation with Bud Light, the company is terrified of a Bud Light situation. Then why would you do it to begin with? Because you've got 20-something-year-old young liberal women 
running the show. And there you go. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Ron DeSantis announced he's running. He's in. There are glitches all over the place with his Twitter announcement. Heard all about that, but apparently his laugh is goofy. Yeah, apparently his laugh and mannerisms are are goofy, according to MSNBC's Joy Reid. She tried to have some. Oh, jeez. You know, I never want to hear anybody ever talk about how conservatives always just pounce on women because of their mannerisms and they're sexist and they hate women, blah, blah, blah. Because li- listen to this. They're, they're rolling B-roll where it shows Ron DeSantis at one point kind of puts his hand around his mouth and then as walking away from somebody else, uh, pats the guy on the shoulder with the same hand and apparently that's, the, that's wiping boogers on a guy's shirt. <laughs> that's interesting. And then, oh, he laughs awkwardly sometimes. Okay, roll it. Not only does this dude eat pudding with his hands, he literally wiped his nose and wiped snot on somebody's shirt. We have VO of it. He's the, it's like, don't shake his hand because you're either going to get pudding and spit on it or you're going to get snot on it. Don't touch his hands and that weird laugh. What is going on with this man? What's wrong with her? Uh, it, hey, she's mentally ill. You talk about throwing rocks in glass houses. Here's, yeah, here's just, Kamala Harris. I love electric school buses. <laughs> Raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, right? I mean, dude. She writes herself, man. It just seems like such a reach. The whole DeSantis thing, the criticisms, you know they're going to come. But really, the pudding thing? Yeah. I thought that was debunked. No, I don't, I don't know if it was or wasn't. It was just like... He doesn't care. DeSantis doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. Didn't give one fat frog fanny. <laughs> Do you have the AI DeSantis talking about pudding, David? <laughs> Let me see if I have it. Because <laughs> if you have it now, I want to hear it. Because I would love to have him answer Joy Reid. Yes. So what? Pudding with my fingers. I'm like real America. Take it. It's not on your jacket. <laughs> well, you know what, dude? I found it. I have okay. it. I think this was the edited one. Oh, no. If not, it's been a fun career. I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. You're right. I ate pudding with my fingers. I'm Ron DeSantis. If I want to eat pudding with my fingers, I do it. I don't give a who's going to stop me. You (laughs) (laughs) see, this is where AI is fantastic. Yes, it is. You want to hear more of that? Of course course I do. Okay. The whole thing, if you haven't heard before, is very funny. Okay, go on. Roll it out. Get the f*** out of my face, (laughs) I'll eat whatever I want with any utensils I feel like. Pizza with a fork. Bring it on, Cheerios out of an empty coffee can with a back scratcher. Zero given. Your mother, raw, been there, done that. Every time, dude. Every time. Your mother, raw, been there, done that. Every single time. The back scratcher, mother, raw, all that is hilarious. Zero given. Your mother... Raw, been there, done that. Your rules don't apply to me. 
Your scorn fills me with joy. I am a f superstar. Step to me and I'll drop you like I'm dropping this mic. Do not ever f with me again. <laughs> oh, that should man. have been the first commercial right there. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Dunno, so it'll be on, uh, especially over the weekend with Trump taking shots at DeSantis. Yeah. I don't know how DeSantis is going to return fire. We'll wait and see. But it's not that odd for two people of the same party to go after one another. We're seeing it right now in Texas. Mm -hmm. I mentioned this a little earlier. Uh, there's a rift between its moderate and conservative wings. Okay. And what we have here is Attorney General Ken Paxton, an outspoken conservative, and House Speaker Dade Phelan, who is more of a moderate and is friendly with Democrats. And so this feud's been going this week. And apparently Paxton took aim at Phelan, calling on the Speaker to resign. He said, hey, the guy was in a state of apparent debilitating intoxication during a House session on May 19th. Like, okay, debilitating intoxication. Well, that, that's saying you're dead stinking drunk. No, I know exactly what that means. Yes. Okay. And then you're like, oh, where's the receipts? Well, let's go back to May 19th. Let's hear from this house session. So there's a clip uh, that's going on. And then all of a sudden you see in the video four hours later. And I'm assuming that's after a break. Yeah. Wow. And then this is. Feeling. Mr. Campbell, send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? The chair has done the amendment. is adopted. Whoa. Dude, that's uh, wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you need to go to the hospital immediately because right. there's a medical emergency and we haven't heard anything about that. No, nothing. The one part two where the voice, it just kind of goes down and then it comes back up. You know what I mean? Send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? Oh, that's slobbering drunk, man. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> the chair recognizes Mr. Mr. Johnson of Harris. Mr. Johnson of Harris to speak in opposition to the bill. The bill. Okay, so that person speaks. Now it's time for feeling again. Go and take it. The chair recognizes Ms. Niabe Criado to speak in opposition to the bill. Mm-hmm. Boy, isn't it about time to wrap this thing up? Yeah. Can we end this whole thing right now? <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I'm directed by the Senate to inform the House that the Senate is taking the following action. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All Members right. may want to hear this announcement. Mr. Guerin moves the House adjourn until Monday <laughs> at 1 p.m. Is there objection? The chair here is done. The House stands adjourned. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> We're going Man. to 6th Street. Let's go. <clears throat> Come on. Yeah, wow. I don't know. I... I saw this uh, article from the uh, Fox affiliate in Dallas-Fort Worth, and it was really funny. Fox 4 showed the video to SMU uh, political science professor Cal Jilson. said, okay. quote, I'd need to see a lot more about this before I drew the conclusion that Attorney General Paxton drew. I've watched a lot of videos of the Texas House. Very poor quality oftentimes. It's very garbled. <laughs> what? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. Garbled. Yeah, that... dude. No, no, no. Listen, Mr. Campbell, send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? The chair has done. The amendment is adopted.
No, no, no. That is slobbering waste. Nobody man. says anything. They do it like, hey, hey, hey. I mean, his. No one else is on mic. The intervention should be in the hallway right away. <laughs> his family should all be there. The chauffeur-driven uh, car outside waiting to the take him. Rick, that's his Mr. Mr. Johnson of Harris. <laughs> Guy's hammered. He's Do never that. seen anything like that before. You know what, yeah. man? I had a buddy that worked in middle management, and one of my favorite stories of his was talking about him. He had an employee under him that would show up to work events at times hammered. And the HR department said, you're going to have to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you can't mention alcohol or excessive drinking, anything like that. You're going to have to use the phrasing something like, is there any sort of medical condition that you have that would make you slur your words? Because if so, we could drop you off at a doctor's office or a hospital and get you checked out. <laughs> That's the way you're going to have to go about this to tackle this issue. And my buddy's thinking, I've known this guy for years. This, it's been this way for years. So he called the guy in his office, and he said, hey, listen, man, you better cut out the nonsense drinking at work events, or you're going to get fired, okay, because <laughs> they're coming down on me about this, and I don't want to hear it anymore. Are we clear? Really, you're going to do you have some sort of condition? That would make you slur your words. If you actually, well, yeah, of course. You know how it is when I get hammered. That would have been the response. It's the brown bag flu is what it is. I had to take a guy off the air one time because he was singing over songs. And he had three or four songs playing at the same time and hammered. And he had the mic on? Yes. Singing? I had a radio on in my house. It was like, holy cow. So I drove it in the radio station and said, hey, man, you can't do this anymore. And the engineer's standing there, freaked out. And so... He, he said, I don't want to. And I said, well, you're going to. Come on, let's go. Oh, so my god! I gosh. took him to a hotel, dropped him off, fired him. That was the end of that. But Top 40 guys. Got to watch out It's for hard him. to get Mr. fired Kimple in this business, too. Send them a member to set them the author. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Golly. It's crazy. Another story out there. College enrollment. Guess what? Keeps sliding. Really? Shocking. They said, you know, okay, they had the COVID thing, and then the experience wasn't the same, and all these universities had... Can't do, you know, your normal sort of stuff, and everybody's got to be masked. And so a lot of, you know, people that were going to be going into college decided, you know what, I'm going to wait until I can get the full college experience. But these numbers are going to come back. No, they're not. No. Well, you also think, what have Democrats been talking about forgiving student loan debt? Yeah. Um, and what the message that's been received, and I think it's a, it's a positive thing. You know, it's not the way that Democrats intended it to be, but I think it is positive. They're letting everybody know. College is a scam for a lot of people who go. It is. I'm not saying if you're going to be a doctor or whatever, but, you know, right. you following your passion in a four-year university that's going to put you tens of thousands of dollars into debt is not worth it. It's a scam. Absolutely. It all depends on what you want to do. My goodness. And, yeah, I think a lot of people have learned that lesson and not wanting to go into debt. And I mean, yeah. the percentage is down, and it's all across and there are a lot more people going to like a community college instead of the four year four year in a uh university now i'm drunk like the dude in texas <laughs> the four-year university where you got to get your gen ads out of the way yeah why would you do it there if you can do it somewhere else and save right, a exactly. bunch of money yeah 
And, you know, just from my son's friends, how many of them are talking in the same way where I don't think you would have heard those conversations 10 years oh, no. ago. No, you wouldn't have. I agree. Because you were looked at, you know, like, really? Going to go to the community college? Right. Huh. Be like, yeah, you want to go spend a ton of money and go in debt? Be my guest. Yep. I think I will take the uh, different route on that one. One of our listeners, Sarah, checks in with us and said, that guy's not slurring. He's speaking in cursive. <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like thank you sarah that is a great take yes all right much more to get to um including i mean we got to get to this quote from DeSantis talking about the cdc unconstitutionally censoring speech very interesting much more coming up all right the markley van camp and robin show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I'll say this, man. Um, Trump going after DeSantis for how DeSantis handled Florida, or I'm sorry, for how uh, DeSantis handled COVID is a huge mistake. And uh, he he did it again, uh, putting a video after uh, Ron DeSantis uh, announced that he was running for president after the event that he did on Twitter last night. And... Uh, Donald Trump put out this video saying, you know, DeSantis didn't really do all that great. How about the fact that he had the third most deaths of any state having to do with the China virus or COVID? Even Cuomo did better. He was number four. He shut down everything, including the beaches. Other Republican governors didn't do that. They kept it open. It was their choice. I gave them all their choice. The Democrats blew it big. A lot of Republican governors did a fantastic job. And look at Disney and what a mess it is. No. The, the COVID thing isn't going to play, I promise you. And I don't know why. No, it's not. Why and you're why are going you taking down. the side of Disney? Yeah. I don't understand that. Damn it. Well, I mean, look, the, the thing is, is that the singular reason why Governor DeSantis became so popular among Republican political crowds is precisely because of how he handled COVID. That that is why he got so popular. Remember when he put <laughs> the elderly first, and then had the vaccines at the yeah. grocery stores, yep. and people were making fun of it all through legacy media, and it turned out it worked. Yeah. Well, they had to wait in line. Remember, they had to wait in line for two and a half hours. It was sixty-seven degrees. Right. <laughs> they wanted it. It was, like, it was like they were making them stand in the heat or something, or they were dying. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem to hit very well. No, and that's the biggest liability between those two. And I, we've talked about that for well over a year at this point. I told people this last night. I'm like, Van Camp's been saying this for over a year. Is that if DeSantis decides to run, the one thing he can hit Trump on is, hey, man, you could have fired Fauci. Yeah. You failed. I did my own research. We made our own policy, and we did better than most every other state. Yeah. Like, why? James! I'm just telling you, man. That's the reality. Biggest liability for Trump. I don't know why you lean into that at Mm -hmm. all. I don't. No. I agree with you. That, That seems like a mistake. Earlier, we mentioned Target. Okay, apparently there's a lot of panic inside Target right now. Like, oh my gosh, we got a Bud Light situation, and we had all these, you know, Pride Month clothes for kids, and we were targeting kids, and there was stuff to tuck it with a 
bathing suits and all this craziness. I saw this piece at the Federalist, and it was really interesting, saying it's up to moms to crush Target. She writes, I'm not happy or proud of this fact, but it's a simply a law of nature that once females get pregnant or rear children, they will be drawn to those giant red cement balls like a moth to a flame. So asking a mom to boycott Target is like asking a squirrel to boycott all pecan trees or a heroin addict to boycott all street corners, a seemingly unsurmountable task that goes against our nature. She said, you, you got to do this because if not, it's not going to stop. And then I saw this was on Twitter. It was a video of a mom. I had to edit part of this. I think I got it all right. Um, Saying she had heard, I'm paraphrasing, heard about Target, was going to go into the store and check it out for herself, and then she comes across the first item. Okay, this is the child section. This is literally the kids section. I'm next to a literal onesie that says whatever the hell that means. We have glad you came out, and I'm so happy that you're queer in the kids section. Are you kidding me? Yeah, growing frustrated. I'm sorry, but pride and toddler don't belong in the same sentence. So I found an extra small swimsuit in the child section. It says light binding effect on it. And then the bottoms in the kids section, keep in mind, say tuck friendly construction. They're giving it to your kids. If that doesn't give you a reason to boycott Target, I don't know what does. But they getting out of hand they're targeting children whether you like it or not and it's time that people actually do something about it because if they don't then guess what that shit won't just be in target it'll be in every store ever Woo. this is the markley van camp and robin show all right biggest story of the day david uh a couple of things popping i mean you got the debt ceiling negotiations going on you've got joe biden talking about it democrats whining about how republicans i don't know won elections last fall and have control of the house they're taking hostages is what i yeah. heard david that's no it's a new one it's yeah. called hey look you gotta you gotta negotiate with house republicans that's how it works now sorry yeah. that yep uh and then of course the uh ongoing reaction to ron DeSantis declaring that he's running for president uh formally and then as far as the war with ukraine and russia it was Ukraine that tried to bomb the Kremlin. Yeah. Says the failing New York Times. Well, that's interesting. We'll get to that. And the Scott Robbins trifecta next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Yeah. We've been talking about the Target debacle. Yeah. That's been going on because some people really don't like the prominent uh pride stuff that's at the front of the stores and You're targeting the kids. Yeah, and and you got you got kids pride stuff and well uh, yeah, no, nobody there are a lot of people who have a problem with that. Um and there are a few videos of people going in and harassing the employees and it's like okay, one don't do that. The, yeah, don't the, do that. The, the the hourly employee there had nothing to do with it. You know, but then there's also a video making the rounds of a guy taking the pride banner off and like throwing it down on the ground and stomping on it. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Senator Scott Weiner, he's in the uh, California uh, State Assembly. He's a legislator um, who also, by the way, championed a bill <clears throat> that decriminalized knowingly giving someone HIV. Uh, seems to also be fairly uh, a well pro pedophile. It's a very strange situation there. Uh, I would say that it's safe to say groomer-friendly. Very groomer-friendly, yes. Yes. So he shared this, uh, this video of the guy taking down the pride stuff, and he says, 
uh, this is absolutely terrorism, and Target should be ashamed for caving in, just like Anheuser-Busch caved in, and people wonder why there's so much fear in our community. I'm sorry, but uh, what? So, so destroying the stupid rainbow thing—that's beyond the pale. But going and taking big screen TVs out of Target during the George Floyd riots was justified. Apparently so. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and I and honestly, again, it's like I see the the, the video. I've got it on the loop again, here on my again, computer. Hold on a second. The one thing too caved like Bud Light caved. Bud Light never apologized. Right, you know? they didn't really cave at all. No, it was just this, you know, wishy-washy statement. Well, we've always been about having a beer together and talking and meeting. No, you tried to pander. Yeah. You went too far. It failed. You pissed off your base. Yeah. And they said, we don't need you. No. You know? Well, we have choices. Around and find out. Mm-hmm. You did. That's what happened. And now the wiener guy is, this is terrible, whatever. I mean... How does that guy ever have a job, let alone get voted into anything? Mm. Why is it every guy named Wiener is an idiot? Uh, there's some psychology, I'm sure, behind I that. Think David, must be. you want to yeah. speak on that? What is <laughs> well, that? Well, my name's not Wiener. I don't know. I know. I'm just saying. But as far as you become like your name, right? <laughs> I mean, Something I, I like did that. know a guy. His radio name is David Van Camp. It's really David <laughs> Wiener. No, I, I knew was a like, guy David, named Richard Wiener. He saw taking a shower one day. He couldn't control himself. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I, knew, I knew a guy named Richard Wiener, and he was... <laughs> no, you didn't. No, really, I did. Are you serious? Yeah, and he, as far as I know, he was a pretty good guy. I mean, and he, he took it in stride. Golly. Um, would oftentimes say, my name is Richard. Please don't call me Dick. Um, Gosh, that's... Parents, man, oh parents man, should have been arrested. <laughs> I will always remember, dude, <laughs> when all the Anthony Weiner stuff was out there <laughs> years ago. And Bill O'Reilly, it was something different. It seemed like almost every night. The Weiner situation has exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one after another after another. You don't want any more, do you? Of course I the, do. Uh, well, yeah. I'm asking. These we are don't always have to. fun. These are Congressman always... Wiener comes clean. <laughs> yeah. Figure if you could get away with that then, it's certainly okay now. Yeah. All right, we'll leave. We'll call this the trifecta before the trifecta. Uh, probably my favorite. Wiener will be beaten down to size. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Didn't your friend Richard have a brother, Willie? <laughs> Well, hold on a second. We can't get to the trifecta yet. What's the story with the failing New York Times talking about Ukraine trying to bomb the Kremlin? Oh, yeah. Remember that uh, the story that came out, it was earlier this month. Someone launched a drone attack on the Kremlin. Uh, No one was hurt, but Russian officials say it was an attempt to assassinate Vladimir Putin. He wasn't there. And so you didn't really know what to believe. Was this a false flag? Well, and I, I kind of leaned into the false flag theory just because uh, I think if you would have the wherewithal to launch a drone or a couple of drones over the Kremlin, you would know whether or not the target was there. But apparently uh, now U.S. intelligence officials are, well, pretty sure it was orchestrated by one of Ukraine's special military or intelligence units. They, don't, they say they don't know if Ukraine's president was aware of this, which... That seems very unlikely, something that big. But the way that this is being operated with their different intelligence units is interesting because a lot of these groups actually do have pretty free reign to do whatever they want. 
which is also a huge freaking problem if we're just – I mean, they're, they're announcing another plan to send $300 million in, in aid to Ukraine. This country, through <laughs> sloppiness or intent, right. seems to be pretty hell-bent on dragging us into an all-out hot war with Russia, and uh, I'm not a fan of that idea. No. no. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. You ready for your trifecta? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Wiener did stand up and take the beating. All right, we got to move on now. Let's go. Okay. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta, always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, Casey, Casey, it's all ready to go. I'm ready. Of course. Number three. Uh, number three. I don't really know what this is about, but uh, you're telling me John Cusack is saying something. He weighed in last night after the announcement of uh, Ron DeSantis and Elon Musk together doing it. I just wanted to read this to you today because this was a tweet John Cusack, the actor, put out there last night. Can I ask a question before yes. you start? David, are you that familiar with John Cusack as a millennial? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the high fidelity. Uh, uh, what was the one where he's a hitman? Uh, gross point blank. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of stuff. It's 80s been a while. And 90s. It's yeah, been a while. Yeah, I was just curious yeah. if. Okay. Anyway. He said this about it last night. He said, "So a Nazi collecting Texas freak billionaire, who has a garden of evil statues to scare his grandkids, has bought himself a Supreme Court judge, and that feisty white supremacist ever combative." Not to be out douchebagged, Igor Mush decides I must buy myself a president. And so, whiskey ballad toad of a man, a fascist Trump mini me, has literally the worst presidential announcement since the 80s, Lyndon LaRouche, on social media platforms. Mush is obliterating in real time, turning it into a Nazi website where children look up pet snuff films, cats in blenders. And he's so vain and so dumb and so incompetent that he can't handle the bandwidth for a glorified conference call. And everything I just said is just reportage. Oh, and he's supposed to be a genius. Somebody want to tell me what he just said? <laughs> what in the hell is going on? He says I'm very lonely and I <laughs> don't have many close friends. And I have an alcohol problem. Yeah, probably. Something like that. Well, I love the first part, though. Texas freak billionaire who has a garden of evil statues to scare his grandkids. That's uh, anybody. Yeah, that that's talking about the uh, the wealthy friend of Clarence Thomas, who has. I mean, he he's a collector of historical artifacts, and I think he does have something from like a Nazi Germany era, but uh, is not a Nazi. Okay, and I mean has a lot of historical stuff in his in on his property in Igor way, man, that's mush, just sad. that's the He's best irritating. you can do igor mush <laughs> really yeah i'll say one thing our show just did that i don't think is happening anywhere else more than a one minute conversation about john cusack that is true yeah we're getting closer and closer to number himself. one i know he did all right uh -huh. up to number two Number two, a self-proclaimed lefty says she's turning to Republicans. This is interesting, uh, the gender nonsense that's out there now. Um, really bad when Democrats and lefties talk about voting Republican. 
This was a, a tweet that was unearthed and then was piled on after that in terms of positive results. Woman said, uh, I'm a super pro-choice. I've been pro-gay marriage since I was literally a child. I staged a protest about gay rights when I was in junior high. I got suspended for it. Now I'm considering voting Republican because of how badly gender ideology has affected my child. Whoa. I think I speak for a lot of people, she said, when I say this. And as it turns out, the responses she got, yeah, there are a lot of people who think the same way you do. Like it is the tipping point for some people. Like mm-hmm. this is absolutely insane what we're doing to kids. And, and women, she said. Yeah, that's true. And one woman said, you're not alone. I'm gay. I dated a woman uh, through my 20s and 30s. Fought hard for gay marriage because I thought that's the only way I'd ever get to be married. The Dems are lost. We need a women's party right now. Wow. Yeah. This could be a bigger issue going forward in the campaign, I think. It does seem like there are a lot more of more things. There's going to be a lot of cultural together. things here. Yes. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. I, I love this story. I had not heard it, but the setup is this. Uh, parents in Chicago are infuriated because migrant kids are being led into schools without health records. Yeah, no documentation of health at Ooh. all. One of the mothers, Jennifer Preston, was on Fox and Friends to discuss the hypocrisy of requiring vaccination records from residents while migrant kids are allowed to enroll without any documents at all. She said, right now, the school district in which we live, we have to provide residency, citizenship, health records, vaccination records on almost an annual basis. I have a child right now. I must have five emails in my inbox right now stating that my child cannot return to school next year without a specific vaccine. So it's certainly inconsistent with what we're allowing migrant children to do coming to Chicago public schools. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson responded, quit quit demonizing the kids. Now, according to Fox 32, 40 to 50 migrant children were expected to enroll at one elementary school in Little Village. And up to a dozen would go to a nearby high school for the final weeks of the school year and for the start of next year without any sort of vaccination status at all. (laughs) this guy don't demonize the kids i don't know that they were demonizing the kids they weren't demonizing the kids they were simply saying hey man what's the deal if these diseases are in fact communicable and if they are bad then what the hell i got five things in my inbox right now that say your kid has to have this this and this you know that i know that david you will know this Mm -hmm. when your kids start school Mm -hmm. there are like four vaccines they have to have but the other part with the uh, new chicago mayor after a bunch of teens took over the city you know causing absolute mayhem, committing crimes, yeah. assaulting people. Well, hey, you know, we've failed the kids. We haven't given them enough to do. Right. <laughs> it's always funding. It's funding. It, it, man. And yeah. there you have it. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta. Thank you very much, Scott. Ridiculous people. Uh, yes. It, there was a whole piece on that today. I think it was a Wall Street Journal about Chicago's in for it with this guy. Oh, my oh, goodness. Geez. Yeah. All right, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. You know, I, I want to highlight a company that understood it, it, it stepped outside the lines a little bit too much. It apologized and reacted oh. appropriately. Okay. Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, Bud Light and Target and whatnot. Um, this is Heckler & Coke, the weapons manufacturer. 
So a couple weeks ago, if you remember, there was a small amount of backlash against an old uh, International Women's Day ad that Miller Lite had put out. And I thought the backlash was kind of stupid, but anyway, the social media manager for Agent K posted uh, some, you know, uh, here's what she wrote. Wow, woke, allow me to translate. Objectifying women was never a good marketing strategy in the firearms industry. That was a prominent strategy up until recently. Many industries have done that. Uh, using bunnies to sell products is trash marketing. Supporting women by not doing that is good. And a bunch of people were like, why are you even weighing in on this at all? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, no one was asking for your opinion. People just wanted information about guns, basically. So... H&K immediately fired that person oh. and then posted a video or posted a picture of like a road sign that says HK does not engage in identity politics. A policy was violated. Changes were made. And they captioned it the road forward. <laughs> and then yesterday they've hired a new social media manager. And the caption is uh, our new social media manager assessing the situation. And it's a video from Jurassic Park where the character Ian Malcolm walks up to a big old pile of poop and says, well, that's a great big pile of poop. <laughs> Good on them for recognizing, hey, look, yeah, we, we inadvertently pissed off a, a big portion of our customer base and we're going to get back to doing gun stuff. There you go. By the way, just so you know, uh, White House says $1 billion to electric school buses. Oh, there you go. Oh, are you kidding me? No, as a matter of fact, I think Fox is talking to somebody from Michigan saying, hey, this bus fleet barely works that we got. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they're crazy expensive. Billion dollars. But there's excitement out there. I'm, I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. <laughs> I love electric school buses. Is that what you wanted to hear, Scott? I love electric school buses. Yes. I just love them. Yeah, she loves them. People that don't talk like you. For so many reasons. So many. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is she high all the time? Yeah. So, I think I would be actually feeling just, better about things yeah. if that were the case, but I'm afraid it's not true. Either way, it's time for... Uh... Golly. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <just> so daft. <laughs> you know, I play that for you more than anybody I else. Know, I know. It's, I, just, I, it's good, just... huh? Right, when so. the going gets tough... Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Uh, we go to Southern Illinois. A guy there named Timothy Baggett is facing charges. He stole a vehicle. You know what kind? Hmm. No. Like school bus. <laughs> no, he did not. No, it wasn't. It I was, was actually. Say, come on. No, it wasn't. Construction vehicle. Backhoe. A uh, backhoe? Yes. He drove it to the airport to catch a flight. <laughs> <laughs> There's security footage that shows it. <laughs> Pulling into a parking spot, then hopping out, calmly walking into the airport. You know what he had on his back? This is not a joke. A six string. <laughs> had a guitar on his back. That's steel right. Horsey Road. <laughs> he drove it 10 miles to get there, baby. <laughs> He'd already caught a flight to the West Coast by the time cops showed up. Cops dragged him down in Nevada. Ah. He's facing charges for theft in excess of 10 grand. <laughs> On a back. Oh. Oh, <laughs> and that's Nimrods in the news.